Blast in the Vivaldi. Vivaldi's having a renaissance in our oh, household. <laughs> Rafa loves it. I, yes. I feel like a wanker saying this. Like, my daughter loves classical music, but in the before times, before the C word, my mum used to take Rafa to gymnastics every week. And in the car, my mum being my mum, would blast classical music. Rafa froths because she conducts to the music. Yes. Uh, and when we're all in the car together, we blast a bit of Four Seasons. Blast it. Just <laughs> rolling down the streets, jamming to Vivaldi. <laughs> My kids froth. And now Iggy's into it. The yeah. other day. Oh, it's a big step up from Do the Propeller. <laughs> Huge. But he just waves his arms and conducts because oh. he sees us do it. It's very cute. Isla was hard and into this phase when she was into ballet. Nutcracker was her yeah. fave, she I was- remember all about it. Tchaikovsky mm-hmm. was blasting through our house all the time. And it's great. It's so relaxing and they really do love it. Good reminder. It is a good reminder. It's one of those things where you don't really think to put it on, yeah. but actually the more you listen to it, the more you kind of crave it. Yeah, totally. And we're back in the swing of classical tunes. Welcome to Nerd FM. <laughs> we are such music nerds from way back. Oh, do you remember our school excursions? <laughs> so good they were the best we were so into it when the rest of the year was like oh sydney symphony orchestra (laughs) how shit (laughs) and we were like oh my god it's gonna sit up the front oh always wanted to be up the front and they would like play the horn section and then the flute section and then put them together and we were like oh my god (laughs) i felt like we could see the genius in every decision we were so into it we used to dissect it we did proper nerds about it like like so into it. But I don't feel like I appreciated it. No, no, there was no appreciation. No gratitude. No gratitude. No, no. We were just like, how good's the world? (laughs) So privileged. So white. In this context, you're white. (laughs) But now as an adult, to have tickets to the Sydney Symphony Orchestra. And back then we were just like, oh yeah, school excursion, whatevs. And we just happened to be into it. But how spoiled. Youth really is wasted on the young. It was very wasted on us. A friend of mine posted recently on Instagram, she posted a throwback of herself in her 20s in a bikini and just wrote this piece about how, oh... I wish I knew. I wish all 20-year-olds could just embrace their bodies, wear the skimpiest things and just own that level of freedom because then you get older and you have babies and then things start to change and then you kind of cover up more. And it was a bit sad and I had to agree with her. I was like, yeah. Yeah, but I was. I never ever had that like... I know freedom moment no but that's the point right no, no because it, I didn't either yeah I yeah. was still self-conscious I was still aware of boys I was yeah, still aware yeah. of all the things but you look back at photos of your younger self oh, and you go oh my god beautiful you fool you fool flaunt that shit when you have it I know. or maybe we just learn the fucking lesson and flaunt it now you know I have this chat with myself all the time yes. where I'm like Jem 50 year old you yeah. is going to look back at photos of you in your 30s yeah. and be like babe you Look how gorgeous. gorgeous. And yet I'm still in my postpartum you know figuring what? out myself. Nah, it's fucking time to shake it off. We have got to do a bit of body celebration. We've got to make this our hot girl summer. Yes. You know, like I don't mean like shred for it or anything. I mean, we have to feel hot this summer. We have to celebrate our bodies and all our little wobbly bits. I think we need to do some work on this. Do you know what I can't reconcile in myself is I look at my girlfriends as mums in their post-baby bodies and I just think they look beautiful. Same. And for some reason, I can't translate that thought process 
onto myself. Well, we need to do some work on this. I think, yeah. you know what, I'm, I'm being serious now. I really think we need to set ourselves a challenge for this mm. summer. We need to work out a way, and maybe the DLs can join in with us. Like, collectively, can we work out a way to celebrate and shake off this shit once and for all? Yeah. Because I feel like everyone's aiming for body neutrality, right? But yes. maybe we need to overcorrect. You know, we're always talking about that. Yeah. Like maybe we just need to go really hard into a bit of body celebration for one season mm. and see if we can like land back at neutrality. Yes, I love this. It's so funny how swimming costumes yeah. and summer are like the pinnacle of <sighs> achieving that What's capitalism. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know, but like the beach is the one place where I'm like, I want to be free yeah. and play with my kids and yeah. not think about sucking my tummy in yeah, or yeah, yeah. feeling self-conscious about my cellulite or whatever yeah. it is. I just want to be free of it. Yeah. And sometimes I am. Yeah. Sometimes I go to the beach like I did last weekend and had a, I give zero fucks mentality Yeah. and it was liberating. Yeah. It's a choice. It is a choice, it's but a it's, choice. it is hard it's hard it's, it's hard. Not, it doesn't come naturally no. to me because i compare to 20 year old gem but here's the snag it's never going to come naturally to us okay we've grown up in this world we've mm. internalized all this shit about our bodies we have to take it back we have to own it we're never going to suddenly be free we're never going to suddenly naturally just prance around the beach we need to take charge of it if anyone's got any ideas we need to collectively actively do something this summer yeah. i just don't yet feel comfortable in this body I, do you know what this is like you know when you get like a wild bit of fashion like some ridiculous sunglasses or a really loud dress or mm -hmm. some crazy shoes or something or a weird hat yeah <laughs> and, it, it, and you're like i love it but I've never worn anything like this. And you just have to wear it two or three times and then it, you don't think about it. Is this like the knit shorts? <laughs> Are you suddenly going to give those a go? No. And be like, this no. is weird and out there. No, but I really like statement sunnies. They always feel like, wow, that's a choice when you put them on. <laughs> but once you've worn them twice, then it's just your sunnies. And you yeah. put them on and you don't think about it and you're just wearing them naturally. So maybe we need to challenge ourselves to be like, I'm going out in my cosy and just my cosy and I'm not going to care. And like make an active choice. And this is the thing, right? No one else gives a fuck. No one else gives a fuck. Like, Revs, I have never gone to the beach with you. I've never, like, scanned your body and dissected it. No. And ever. I just go, oh, look at my bestie and her cozy having a grand time with her kids. Yeah, you know? exactly. So I, I have just heard... want to be able to apply that to myself. I have heard that actively caressing your body in a loving way is, like, a therapy that people can do to get good. I have to do some more research into this. It's just something I remember. But, like, maybe we need to do, like, a little, like, tummy dance or something mm. before we go to the beach or, like, have a love on our thighs and just jiggle them around and just own them and be like, yeah, there's my wobbly bit. I don't know. Yeah. Something like that that's like ridiculously over the top. Yeah. But just to sort of realign ourselves back to a sort of center place. Yeah, I'm here for it. You know, maybe we need to start doing jiggle dances. Yeah. You know, everyone's saying now everybody's a bikini body. Yes. It's true. Yeah. It's true. We just need to just do it. We will come up with something. Okay. DLs, if you have any ideas, let's get something going. Let's like do a bit of a challenge this summer or a movement. Let's be good with ourselves and enjoy the fucking summer. Yes, please. I'm up for it. Anyway, should we start the podcast? Yeah, we really like no. deep dived into something. Once again, we went rogue. Now that we've picketed for half an hour. There's a surprise. Cue the intro. <laughs> Cute. A one, a two. We have a thousand things to do. But we'd rather chat to you With emails and meetings and husbands and kids We don't have time for this
just what you need to basic bitches with a podcast. Hello and welcome to We Don't Have Time For This. I'm your host, Gemma Pranita, aka Gemma Peanut on the gram, along with my co-host, Kate Kirby Rems. Woo, girl. Just, just giving my thighs a little rub down. Hello, thighs. I would give my thighs a rub down, but I'm so crammed in this closet. I can't actually reach around my thighs to grab anything. We are sandwiched back in the closet. Back in the closet. We hope the sound qual is elite for you, dear listeners, today. Yeah. Can I tell you something so cute that my little baby boyfriend is doing? Did you say little baby boyfriend? Yeah, my son. It's a little eatable uh, when you say it's that. It's fine. It's fine, but it's I'm like... fine. All right, I'll roll with it. We are very in love at the moment. I'm reminded how much I love four. Oh, yeah. I remember <sighs> you fell deep in love with Isla at four. four. Like you were waving the flag for four-year-olds. Yeah, because 18 months is, I think, my favorite age. Mine too. In the first little bit, 18 months is so glorious. But then the next glorious time is four. Talk it up. What's he doing? He's four and a half, so he's like well into four. So the kids split their time between me and their dad. And on the day before he goes back to his dad's, he leaves me little post-it notes with little love drawings of me and him holding hands. Oh my God, that's so cute. He hides them in like little spots around the house. So when I say he does this, he's done it once. But he he made like six post-it notes of pictures of him and me holding hands. He put one on my bathroom mirror. one by my bed one on my desk one on the fridge so cute and then as we were saying goodbye he's like mummy I've done a love hunt for you a love hunt and I was like stop it just marry me a little bit darling I love you so much (laughs) he's just so affectionate he adores me he's very tactile he's He's always been tactile Teddy I remember 18 month old Teddy always rubbing different fabrics on his cheek (laughs) just needing to feel it I don't know why with his cheek yeah, well, he's got a blankie yeah. and that's like his comfort thing. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, he's just the sweetest little dude. And he's changed so much in the last two months. He had his first drop-off play date with his best mate. Cute. Is that the age where you can drop and run? Drop and run. Drop and run. <laughs> I don't mean for that to sound like how it sounds. I can't really remember. Isla was so fucking ahead with everything. I think she had play dates at two with her cousins or whatever. But no, this is Ted's first like, okay, you're going over to your mate's house. And I was like, bye. And It's a big deal. It's lovely for him and he really loved it and felt so special. And Question. Yes. How many hours did oh, they go I for? just did two hours because yeah. I always feel like you don't want to over... Well, it's funny because Isla's best friend. I leave her there all day. <laughs> Poor mum. She has three kids of her own and then I add one and I'm just like, see you never! Because she's like a super mum. Oh. She's got this like house decked out of just stuff for kids. So then she's juggling like a one-year-old, a four-year-old and two seven-year-olds. Oh my God. A good friend to have. She's amazing and she's so good to me and she really helps me out. Hardcore um, good mum right there. Hardcore good mum. She's also a really fun mum. Oh, whoa. Like, queen combo. She's ridiculous. Like When I go and pick up, she's like, glass of wine. And I'm like, are you my favourite person on earth? Yes. <laughs> I feel um, triggered. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Replacement bestie. <laughs> but with Teddy, you know, this mate of his was five and also they have a little two-year-old boy so I was like it's a weekend I'm not gonna leave Teddy there all day but I gave him two two and a half hours great and he felt so special and when you picked him up were all reports good yes she was like he's so polite I got all proud polite that would make me feel really proud as a mum if they were like oh your kid's so polite because I feel like I work so So hard hard Mm -hmm. on manners it's the one thing I remember when Rafa was born I was like I'm gonna talk Thai to her because I'm gonna give her the gift of language and that's been a total 
still fail <laughs> and I'm still riddled with guilt over it. But manners is something that I'm really, really committed to. And honestly, I had a moment the other day where I was like, why am I still asking you to say please? No, she's three. So what? No, it takes ages. Revs, it's like multiple times a day. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. want a yogurt. You want a yogurt? <laughs> what? Please, mummy, frustrates me because she's so capable of it. Yeah, yeah, and yet yeah. she withholds her pleases <laughs> on purpose. I think it's school age when it really clicks. Or maybe when they're not with you. Again, they're always little shits for us, right? And yeah. they save their best behavior for other people. Always. Yeah. Which is probably why Teddy was shining. Oh, yes. Shine like a diamond, my sweet little husband. <laughs> yeah. Again. I know it's gross. It's I beautiful. Know. I know. It's not really. It is. <laughs> oh, I really don't have a baby anymore. Growing up boy. He's growing up. <laughs> yeah, I know. I hate to admit it, but there is a difference in that relationship between mum and son. We're in a society now where we're moving much more towards gender fluidity and yep. not labelling or prescribing sexual orientations or genders on your kids as best as we can. I mean, at the end of the day, they are born with their assigned genitalia, whether mm-hmm. their sexuality is different, comes out later. Or, or their gender. Or, yeah, or their gender. I know I've brought this up before, but Mia Friedman posted that video about her son and... And that opening line, it's just never left me. But she says, having a son is like the world's slowest breakup. And I don't know why we give the boys that gift of independence Mm. from mother. Mm -hmm. And yet, for some reason, we don't in the same way with our daughters. Mm. There's this weird assumption of our daughters are always going to stick around. What's that weird poem? It's like a daughter's for life. Son son is is till they have a wife or or something. A a daughter... for life, a son takes a wife. Ew. It's awful. It's awful. So gross. Yeah, That's it... grosser than my, me wanting to marry my son. <laughs> <laughs> it's a gross assumption, yeah. for one. It's just icky. Yeah, it's old school. We've all dated that guy. Haven't we just? <laughs> Whose mum is just obsessed and possessive over him. That'll be you, Rev. No, it won't. Yes, it will. No, it, no, it You'll re- play it cool, no, 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 but no. under the surface, no. you'll no be like, way. he is my no. husband. No. <laughs> and then I'll play you back this potty and I'll be like the roots. Oh my God, if I'm deep. still single by the time Teddy starts dating, maybe. <laughs> Quick, I need a replacement boyfriend. Oh, poor Teddy. <laughs> We've all dated that guy. And, yeah. it, and it's like he can't see how fucked up it is. And you're like, you're in a weird toxic situation <laughs> that I don't want any part of and I would never do that to my kids. Of course you wouldn't. I definitely think I'm self-aware enough to <laughs> not do that to Teddy. I do want to take myself out of this difference of parenting mentality mm. with a son and a daughter. Yeah. I know it's what we should be doing and it's something that I'm struggling with. I've actually got a friend who I caught up with recently and she has two boys. It's funny, I, I think it's the first time that I've zoomed out and looked down on what it is to parent kids of different genders or kids of the same gender. And I really believe that just because I've got a son, I don't understand what it is to parent just sons. Yeah. And I think there is a difference. I obviously have a boy, understand what it is to raise a boy, but at the end of the day, they're all individuals and all very different, right? I'll give you an example, a bit of context. My girlfriend of boys and I caught up in a playground and the kids were playing and blah, blah, blah. Anyway, her gorgeous little boy ran over and he's like, mommy, I need to do a wee. And it's one of those awkwardly positioned playgrounds where there isn't a toilet nearby. And I very flippantly said, I just go and do a bush wee. He's a boy. He can just whip it out. Right. And she said to me, no, I'm actually quite 
against that for my boys because if doing a bush wee isn't something that Rafa can just do, then why is it okay for my son to do that? She said, I want to get it into his mind from a very early age that just because you're a boy doesn't mean you get to just pee up against a tree in public. Just because you have a dick doesn't mean you can whip it out whenever you want. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) And to her credit, it was a very public playground, but it was lined with these big trees. And I thought, we can just go up against a tree and it's no big deal. Yeah, right. But she really thinks about this stuff. She is one of those amazing women. She's very feminist and she wants to raise feminist boys, but she really cares about the boys that she's putting out into the world and raising. And I've realised, even though I've got a son, I don't actually think about those details the Mm. way she does Mm -hmm. and she's all about well what's good enough for a boy has to be good enough for a girl okay I guess it was one of those things where she schooled me in a really beautiful way where it opened my eyes and I thought yeah because in general like if I think about me and my husband for example he is very quick to just nip off for a wee in the bushes somewhere and it's no big deal yeah we've all been to a wedding (laughs) exactly (laughs) all the girls are in a queue for 20 minutes and the guys just go off behind the marquee correct we don't do that because it's messy and awkward. (laughs) Our biological design does not cater to that. And we're wearing fabulous shoes and we don't want piss all over them. (laughs) If you're still wearing shoes by that point in the night. (laughs) Interesting. Well, Isla does a bushway. Well, so does Raph. Yeah. It's interesting because when I said that... I didn't mean it in a way that, oh, he can do that because he's got a dick. But I said that. Like, I I said, oh, just do a bush week. He's a boy. Like, I actually said, he's a boy. Like, Uh, what's the big deal? But actually, uh, Rafa does bush all the time. But I think my friend took it as, well, why? Just because he's a boy. Why can he do a bush wee and girls can't? I I don't really know what I'm trying to get at. I I think what you're saying is boy mums. Yes. And especially feminist boy mums, because there's no sister, Yeah, maybe you have to work harder to force an equilibrium or a sense of equality mm. in that childhood dynamic. Like if you're just raising boys, do you have to work harder at injecting feminism into their life if they don't naturally have it in a sister? Yeah, because they're not exposed to it day in, day out. Yeah. So Teddy and Iggy are growing up with big sisters, mm. which is, you know, all the research is that's amazing for feminist boys. Yes. Because they will always think of women as equal to them because they have a big sister. Yes. Obviously there's um, nuance in that, but like it's almost like a built-in great start to feminism. I think you're nailing this, Revs, and I think this is why I don't think about it as yeah. much with Iggy because you're absolutely right because he has a big sister to look up to yeah I well, feel not even like... look up to but just to think of as an equal yeah because you know when you have two kids specifically and maybe three four it's the same but when you've got two you, you know you're always working to make things fair and equal yes. so it's like if you get that you get that so it's like their day-to-day experience of gender mm. is she's a girl I'm a boy and we both get everything equally yeah so I guess where the nuance comes in is little things like yeah, if boys can do things girls can't do or around consent or around things that are really gender specific and assigned, mm. that's where probably boy mums and I assume girl mums have to sort of think harder about the examples they're setting on a daily basis. Yes. And do you think as well that women who are raising just girls need to work harder for girls to understand how some boys can function in the world? For example, you brought up consent. I'm really excited that I get to raise 
teenage children, a girl and a boy, to understand consent. Because consent was never a conversation when I grew up. I went through all of my teens and, in fact, most of my 20s not really having open conversations about consent. What is it? How to ask for it? How to give it? How you deserve it? (laughs) All of it, yeah. Yeah. I guess when you have a pigeon pair like we do or when you have mixed genders in your family, then, yeah, it's a built-in privilege of not having to think about it as much. But if you're parenting one gender, it's sort of something you have to arm yourself with. Let me ask you this. Because you're one of two girls in your family, your sisters, and you weren't exposed to a brother growing up the way I was. In fact, I was in a heavy female family. We had one boy cousin. You did. And all these girl cousins. So do you think that in life it would have helped you to have those conversations? Like, I'm interested to know if you think it's impacted your relationship with boys or how you perceive boys. (laughs) I mean, me and my sister are boy crazy. (laughs) We've always been boy crazy from really young. But even though you're boy crazy, I feel like you and your sister also embody female empowerment. Absolutely. Where there were no limits. You were like, well, we're just women and boys are out there and we're no lesser than them. We are hardcore feminists, both of us. I would say my dad and my mum are feminists, but Mm -hmm. we are definitely kids of the 90s. I definitely grew up thinking I had to be chosen by a boy and that... I think we all did. Yeah. I mean, that's our era, right? I wasn't a feminist child. No. I never thought I wasn't as good as a boy, ever. Neither. And that's interesting, actually. I'm the same as you. I felt equal to them, and yet I slipped into that to be chosen by them. Yeah. Bullshit. And it's the same thing with proposals later in life. (laughs) I I Now, Gem, mid-30s Gem, is like, I'd propose to a guy. No problem. Or I'd have a really open chat like, hey, let's not waste each other's time here. Whereas the person I dated before my husband, I was a lady in waiting. Yeah. And it was awful to be in that position. Awful to watch. And he dangled the carrot in front of me all the time to keep me there. And it was horrible. And then with my husband, Hubs, we had very open conversations about what we both wanted. And that's what I liked about him was he was a lay it out on the table kind of guy. This is what I want. And I found it so sexy. Mm. He was like, I want you. I want to marry you. I want to have kids with you. I want to spend my life with you. And I was like, oh, my God, this is so easy. There's no mind games. Yeah. But I still waited mm. to be proposed to. Interesting, isn't it? Whereas now I wouldn't even hesitate. I'd drop a knee. In fact, I'd enjoy it. <laughs> but do you think they would be like, oh, that was my thing. That was my thing. Yeah. I don't want to rob them of that. But then why is it theirs? Why? Is... We're getting off track here, but I want to I get know. into this. Sorry. For a... No, no. I want to get into this for a sec. Because where is in the nuance, where is there room for romance if you're really hetero? <laughs> do you know what I mean? I don't know what you mean. Okay. So I... I've come to learn about myself that I'm really hetero. I don't think it's a condition of me. I think I'm just like on the spectrum. I go really hard to heterosexual. Like I'm into men. I've not, Do you know what? I've not really spent much time thinking about this and I don't know where I lie. You're on a different place in the slider to me. You know the Kinsey scale? Yes. Yeah, so just a quick context for our DLs. If you don't know that Kinsey was this sexologist yep. in the 70s, 80s, oh, 70s, Don't quote 60s? us. I'm not sure. Whatever. It was this dude who was like, sexuality is a spectrum, like gender is a spectrum, like all these things. And there is no two ends black and white. It's that everyone falls on a spectrum and your sexuality is, can be anything from like hard heterosexual to hard homosexual 
and everything in between. Yeah. So I reckon you are more, I don't think you're in the middle. I don't think you're bi. No. But I think you're more into women and femininity yes. than me. Whereas I'm like, give me all the masculinity. You're like, give me the cock. <laughs> DTF. Give me some of that D. I do wonder if I were to redo high school yeah. in today's times yeah. where gender fluidity is an open conversation. Yeah. It's much more acceptable yeah. to explore and experiment. I reckon I'm someone who really would have thrown herself into, I want to try everything, everything. Yeah. and see what lands. Because I'm a bit like that in life. Do all the research and then <laughs> yes. see what sticks yeah. and abandon the rest. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas I'm all instinct. <laughs> I don't know though, Revs. Like, come on, you've kissed a girl and I've, you liked I've it. I've done more than kiss a girl. I've really gave it a crack at uni and I was like, I'm full of shit. I'm a tourist <laughs> and this is not for me. I don't want this. I'm definitely comfortable now knowing I'm pretty hard on the hetero end of the scale. It just is my taste. Yeah. feel like I fall in love with women. You do, but it's not love on this spectrum. It's attraction. Well, but you are attracted to feminine I men. I was going to say. You I, love a French guy. <laughs> I did date a French guy. You love a French guy generally. You love that kind of like. Shut up. I loved one French guy. <laughs> you love a like smooth, live, romantic sort of European, don't you? No, I'm gonna I'm gonna push back on this <laughs> and defend my honor. <laughs> I think I'm a true lover of someone's soul. Yeah, and their mind and their heart. And yep. I know it's cheesy, it's but when cheesy. I get to know someone, <laughs> yep. they become genderless. And okay. I guess I wonder that if back in school days. I explored that if maybe that would have been my path. Like, I love the penis yeah. as well. and <laughs> I love the penis. <laughs> I she love says. the penis. <laughs> I guess I'm just curious to know what could have been, but I'm not sitting here questioning my own sexuality. Yeah, I'm yeah, very yeah. comfortable with where I'm at, but I'm like, huh. I think I would have reached the same conclusion, but I really would have dabbled. I really would have. Yeah, that's called being a tourist, and I think it's not cool. Oh, okay. Yeah, like it's like using other people for your own. But what's wrong with that? Well, I guess we all do it in our early sex lives before we're committed. I know, but okay, let's remove gender for a bit, yep. right? I've yep. dated the very feminine French guy yep. who's very romantic and all that stuff. Latte art guy was quite feminine. Latte art guy was more on the feminine side. Weapon! And then... <laughs> I swung the other way. And you went into like caveman. Caveman <laughs> masculine. <laughs> Let's remove genders. They're yeah. all just different personality types, yeah, right? Yeah, totally. I think there's a difference between love and attraction. And obviously there's a Venn diagram where they intersect. And I don't know about you, but like, you know, the best sex of your life is with someone you're seriously connected with. I don't know. I kind of disagree with you a bit about love and attraction. Really? Well, I think they're intertwined. Ultimately, in your big loves, yeah. you need both. You can have sex with someone you don't like and it can be great. True. And you can have sex with someone you really like and it can be awful. But you can train them up. <laughs> I'm a big believer in that. Are you a teacher? Um. <laughs> it would go with your three personality to be like little to the left, bit higher, softer, faster, go down there. Stop. Look, I like what I like and I'm not afraid to voice it. Great. Is that <laughs> what you call dirty talk? <laughs> <laughs> we need to get back to gender because that's where we yes. were. Can I read you a little quote of what my friend Natalie wrote? Yes. Which I thought was very beautiful. And for the boy raising mamas, maybe you'll love this too. She says, it's 2021. Let's leave the preoccupations with gender behind and agree that we aren't raising boys or girls, but raising small humans who will exist and evolve according to their individuality, not gender. And more so, 
let's raise boys that we want to be besties with. Yeah. And I love that. Yeah, I'm nodding. I'm nodding profusely. Yes. Um, I guess I'm just reflecting on myself and mm. I do fall into the trap of gender prescription with my kids where I'm like, oh, Iggy's doing that because he's a boy. Or mm. sometimes I'm like proud that Rafa is this spirited, adventurous, physically uber capable kid because I've had some women say to me before I had Iggy, oh, just you wait till you have a boy, it's busy. And I'm like, well, actually my daughter's the tornado mountain goat of our family. And then I like kind of dispelling their views on gender. Interesting. Yeah. It sounds like what we're doing is we're using gender norms, which we're trying to get rid of. Yeah. It's like our generation is using them to disprove weaknesses in our kids. Mm. We grew up thinking, girls are feminine, treat them carefully. So you're going, no, I've got a fucking mountain goat. And you're flipping it, almost overcorrecting, yeah. to sort of say, no, I've got a girl, but she's fucking strong and fierce and don't fuck with her. But then I know I personally lean on, oh, but he's a boy, when I think Teddy's being slow at something. So it's like I'm leaning on that gender crutch yeah. to comfort myself if I don't think he's up to a stage he should be at. Why do we do that? Well, because we're constantly wondering wondering if we're doing a good job yeah. and all we have are these weird societal litmus tests it's not nothing it's like, like there is science and data behind the fact that girls are academically faster ahead and boys take longer to do this and socially this girls and boys and of course we need to remember it's a spectrum but you're definitely right about the overcorrecting yeah because we are that generation who needs to overcorrect yes, as the, you said yes. to come back to that centrist neutrality mm. that we're all chasing after because I also notice that a lot of women on the gram are very proud to declare that they have a sensitive boy yeah who's not afraid to share his feelings yeah. and that is how beautiful that is the opposite of what I'm doing with Rafa about being strong and fierce and physically capable and all this stuff yeah. women then do the opposite with boys where it's like my son's really sensitive and loves picking flowers and there's a real encouragement to that so we are all trying to unscramble yeah the egg. unlearn and untangle yeah. what has been what has been prescribed to us in yeah. our own upbringings. And I think that's not necessarily a bad thing. But I think like with body image, you know how like I went through a phase where I was like, no makeup, no, I'm not letting her choose an outfit. Like I was trying to like just keep physical appearance out of her life, which is not possible. I think there's a nuance in this. Sexuality is not personality. Gender is not personality. No. You can be a fucking butch, gruff, caveman boy and pick flowers and love your mum and love your sister and be a feminist. Of course you can. Two things can be true. Yes. So I think our generation is starting to get really scared of doing the wrong thing and not understanding the spectrum and, and labelling it. Like we're, yeah. we're in a bit of a mess. I agree. I think it, it is messy and we're trying to trudge through the mud yeah. and figure it out. Yeah. And that's why it isn't perfect. Yeah. And I, and I like it because I find I contradict myself all the time. I mean, I wanted to raise... Rafa to to be gender neutral and for me that started with the clothes I put her in so I avoided pink like the plague but she loves pink and why would I rob her of that I didn't encourage it she discovered it for herself but just because society deems it cliched Mm. to put girls in pink and so we must rebel against that if Iggy wanted to wear pink you'd celebrate it I'd embrace it so that's actually like a weird reverse Reverse sexism yeah Yeah. it is a problem but let me put put this to you and I, I don't mean this in an attacking way it's just fascinating Rafa's life started by you popping a pink balloon 
my gender reveal balloon. Yeah. Like you and I, we really wanted to know the gender of our kids. So is it a real surprise? Finding out the gender for me, for both of my kids, had nothing to do with the genders. It had everything to do with humanizing them because I was so sick. Oh, oh God. And I don't want this to be an attack on you and your choice to do a no, gender No, no, no. I, like, I, I just wanted to be clear on that. For anyone who hasn't listened to the full back catalogue, there's an episode in there somewhere where I talked about being so incredibly unwell in my first trimester that I actually had weird thoughts of regretting being pregnant, even though I tried to conceive Rafa for nearly two years. So it was very discombobulating. Yeah, you had a really fucking rough time mentally yes. with your pregnancies. And I was referring to Rafa as a parasite. Yep. And my <laughs> husband said to me, I think the sooner we find out this gender, the better so you can start attaching her to being human yeah. rather than this alien that's destroying your physical and mental health. I found the journey because it didn't matter to me, but it was, ju- I sound like I'm justifying yeah, yeah, it I now. Know. And I've and made I, you do that. And I don't mean yeah, to yeah. do that. No, totally. But I think some things do need to go. I think gender reveals, we got to nix gender reveals. Why? I, because just because they're born with a vagina or a penis does not mean they're male or female. I know it doesn't, but... It's nice to know if they're going to come out with a vagina. Totally, or a penis. and I found out the sex of my kids, and I would do it again. So what? It, what are you against? Is, is it this, the balloon popping? It's or something is it... about the ceremony of, and this baby is pink. That is old. It's old fashioned now. It's out of date because it doesn't allow any space for the person who is coming to have any agency over their gender. Yes, it does. No, it doesn't. How doesn't it's a, it's, it? If Rafa it's, grows up... It's not up, a gender reveal. It's a genitalia reveal. It is a genitalia reveal. Which is fucking weird when you think about it. It's like, yay, a penis! <laughs> <laughs> I get it. When you put it like that, in that context, it is fucking weird. Yeah. But I don't think there's anything wrong with knowing. There's nothing wrong with any of it. Do you know what I mean? It's just... And yet, can I just take you back a few seconds when you're like, it's old school fuck can we go into gender selection do I even dare to yes, like do. tread I mean, into that conversation oh look I'm the first to say I had gender preference but I also can look at myself and go well that's cooked because you could have three girls and one of them could turn around and say I'm actually I'm a boy or all of them could turn around and say well actually I'm a boy and some of them could say I'm actually not I'm genderless I'm gender fluid I think we're starting to know about humans just because you're born with xyz does not mean you are that gender so i think at some point we have to get rid of things like putting a bow on a bald baby's head and popping a pink or blue balloon or yes. cutting a cake and it's like it's a boy like it's it's when old is school. that gonna happen well i think I would, it needs to start now i think it's out of date i would like it to happen do you know interestingly very recently i shared a video of iggy wearing a pink onesie and just from a practical standpoint it's hand-me-downs from rafa's they're her Again, old no justification her old pajamas I'm not here to justify it but someone did slide into my DMs and said well that looks like a onesie that was once white and got in the pink load and I was like, okay. no, it's it's actually a pink. Like, imagine. No, I know. Imagine being threatened by a boy in a pink onesie. I feel really bad for that person. I don't know if they were threatened, but it was for me it was like, huh, that's such an interesting comment because what you're saying is that, of course, I would never buy a pink onesie for Iggy. It must have been a white onesie that's accidentally turned so pink boring. when the fact of the matter is it's just one of Rafa's old onesies and it's perfectly fine. And I just wanted to reuse it yeah. on Iggy. I did, didn't even cross my mind the color. And in fact, pink is Iggy's color. Oh, pink is Teddy's color, color too. Iggy looks great, great. in pink. Yep. It suits his skin tone. He's got pink undertones. Well, pink is the best fucking color in the palette. Like, pink is a sick color. 
Everyone looks great in pink. It's boring. Well, do you know what my greatest hope is? Is that one day all of our kids, as if it's ever going to happen, <laughs> but decide to like dip in the archives of our podcast, <laughs> chance upon this episode, and they're like, you guys are whack. Like, let's just put them in yeah. their 30s. Yeah. Like, they will think we are old, out of touch, unwoke, uneducated Neanderthals. Okay, so let's just say it's 2050. Okay. So they'll be 30s. Okay. I would love for them to listen to this app and just say, you guys are whack. Yeah. This isn't the way anyone thinks anymore. No. How funny you couldn't get on board. The pink and blue <laughs> stereotypes are a thing of the past. Yeah. That's my hope. But I just, I don't know. I don't see it happening. I can't see the abolishment of the pink and blue gender stereotype happening even in the next three decades. I I'm not sure. It's really not that important. That's the thing. I think it's more, as long as we reach a state of equality and like overarching feminism where there are no opportunities kept from anyone for the pink or blue reason. Yeah. Then it's okay. Fucking colours and what people wear, that is changing. That will change very fast. Like social media has been amazing for that. You can find a lot of people online who are in the gender, sexuality, personality realm that you're in. You can very easily access your people. So I think kids have a much better chance of feeling accepted, known, seen, held than we did. Yes. Like imagine if we'd had YouTube. Oh, I'd be worried for us. We would have, like, the choir geek community that we would have absorbed into. DLs, I'm not sure how long ago we mentioned this, but Revs and I in school, we were in a very select group called the Madrigals. And it was just so embarrassing. It was an elite choir. We were so proud to be in the Madrigals. Babe, and you were then, Madrigal captain, weren't you? I was music captain. But anyway, and then Revs and I had an offshoot group with one of our besties, Livy. Can't tell people this. I'm telling people. I want them to like eye roll us and run for the hills. No, stay, stay, please stay. And we were an acapella trio. Yeah. We used to compete. And we were nothing like Pitch Perfect. We weren't cool in any way. We weren't singing fucking Sia. No. We were singing Vivaldi. <laughs> <laughs> we were hitting up the classicals. But if we had YouTube, we would have found our people. We would have. Lucky we found each other at IRL. Thank God. Thank God. Look, I think this comes back to a thing we often talk about. Our generation, I think, have a huge responsibility to own changing our minds. We have an opportunity to be the generation who is flexible, mm. malleable, open-minded, open-hearted. It's so classic to feel defensive when things, choices you've made, things you've done are no longer cool. I get defensive over my wedding and choices I made with that. Or no, I, you don't. Or I get defensive. I do. How? Like wearing a veil. What, you get defensive I instead do. of owning that it was maybe silly? That's what I'm saying. That's what we need to do. But yeah. I feel instantly defensive when people are like, ugh, a veil. It represents the hymen and your dad lifts it up and breaks it. Ew. And I'm like, oh, yeah. Ew. But I wore a veil, so I feel instantly defensive to defend wearing a veil. And can't a veil just be a veil? You know? Yeah, <laughs> but, yeah. <laughs> but like I think if we as a generation, elder millennials, I guess we are, if we can be the open hearted, open minded generation, we've got a better chance to help our kids who are gonna be fucking light years ahead of us with this stuff. It's great. But Imagine it's, when they raise kids. Exactly. But also we are going to get more out of parenting them if we're more open-minded. Absolutely. And I think we have to give ourselves permission to change our mind on this stuff. Definitely. It's something the boomers almost can't do. 
No, but do you know what? We also need to kind of stop blaming our parents in a lot yeah, of ways yeah, totally. because I feel like that's a bit of a default totally. where everything that's bad in my life is a result of yeah. what my parents did and also like cut them some slack. Yeah. Like we've all made mistakes. Like even with me being a parent for a mere three and a half years, it's nothing. I would change things yeah. already yeah. in some of the decisions that I made. Totally. But I'm willing to evolve and grow and we yeah. all should continue to learn and be open. Open. But our parents didn't have that opportunity. And I do think technology and social media and having more access to the world has accelerated things. They didn't have that. You remember yeah. you used to hear things from your neighborhood. Yes. Like people you knew. Imagine if that, yeah. you know, we, Revs, we talked about our school formal yeah. and all the choices of our dresses were because what boutique did the year above us shop at? Yep, I'll go there because it's what you do. So local. It's so, it's so insular. Yeah. And then now the whole world has opened up. Yeah. You get access to a multitude of opinions. And Surely that's why the kids these days are so fashionable. <laughs> do you reckon? Yeah, because they've got access. Yeah. You know, they've got access to style. You're right. Our style was our postcode. It was awful. And frankly, in 2003, <laughs> it was rugby jerseys and Ugg boots over jeans. <laughs> I mean, you'd never see that on Pinterest. Never. I think it's really important. We stop prescribing things to boy girl, but yeah. also let's allow space for these weird, tangly, messy conversations in the nuance. My son, Teddy, he is four and a half. He is hard into Spider-Man. When he gets frustrated, it works out very physically. Yeah. However, he loves to pick flowers and leave me love notes and wear dresses and dance with his sister. And that doesn't mean anything. None mm. of it means anything. It's just Teddy. And one day his sexuality will reveal and one day his gender will, re will reveal. But his personality is unfurling and blossoming in front of me every day. And it's not gender specific. It's just Teddy specific. I love that. And Isla is exactly the same. Or in fact, all of our children, whether they're hard one end of the spectrum or hard one other end of the spectrum, in all the ways, personality, sexuality, gender, it's just them. Sometimes we need to draw on data or cliches to comfort ourselves, but really I think we need to face that's about us. Yeah. And how we're feeling and how adequate we're feeling as the guide of this little human through the world. It's okay, so not about them. Here's an interesting thought then. You have a baby boy, you're not gonna buy them dresses to wear. It's different, say if Teddy turns five and is like goes to a shop and actively chooses a dress yep. and then asks you to wear it to daycare. Yes. You'd probably be fine with that. Yeah, of course. But why don't we remove those lines? Yeah. Of Great girls wear dresses and skirts, boys don't. I'm not even talking colour. Yeah. You know, when's that going to change? Putting a newborn in a dress and a bow is hilarious. <laughs> I think putting any kid until they can walk in a dress weird. I remember Rafa had a whole bunch of dresses when yeah. she was six or seven months old and she was starting to crawl. That shit just got caught under her knees. Well, it is. It's probably the patriarchy. You know, it does disadvantage a girl to wear a skirt. Like, that's why this has been this huge movement in school mm. to let kids choose whatever uniform they want. But you're right. You don't see a bunch of boys choosing to wear the dress. And why? Because yeah. when they go on the play equipment, there's their knickers. Mm. You know, it's, it's the patriarchy still in our society that the girls wear a dress, which means they can't flip upside down and run around and all the things that boys can do. Well, they because can. Because boys are in shorts. They can, but it's a symbol of disadvantage. 
change. And restriction. And restriction. However, let's get into the nuance. Isla would always choose to wear a dress over shorts if she could. I was about to say Because this. it's her preference. But is it really her preference? Yes. Or is she absorbs societal norms? I guess I brought this up because Rafa has suddenly gone into a I just want to wear dresses stage. Yeah, classic. And also classic me, willing to admit, I like to curate my kids' wardrobes. And you've got some very cute short sets. This is not surprising to anyone. <laughs> it doesn't work with the Never Not catalogue for <laughs> Summer 21. Rafa has all the fancy dress stuff. And she embraces pink. It's funny. Just this morning, I was scrolling through Instagram and there's a mumfluencer who I follow. And she posted a picture of her daughter wearing all pink, like pink hat, pink top, pink pants. And she wrote something along the lines of like, I'll never let my daughter dress in pink from head to toe. Also me. And then her kid's wearing all pink. And I thought, isn't that funny? Because I felt the same where I wanted to do that pendulum swing in the direction of I'll never put Rafa in pink. She's going to be gender neutral. But she fucking loves it. And now I lean in. I actively choose the pink colours because I know it'll make her happy. So I've stopped prescribing her outfits. And as she gets older, it's too much of a fight. And I lose every time that I end up just surrendering to what she wants to wear. And now when kids' brands are reaching out to me to work with me and my kids on their whatever collection, I now have a disclaimer that says... You can send it to me, but I'm not forcing my child to wear it. Great. And I'm I'm happy to share things in a very organic way, but at no point will I make her or bribe her yeah. to wear something yeah. just because you want to collaborate with me. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. not happening. It's funny. It's like what Mia said with the having a son is like the longest breakup. Having kids, whatever their gender is just a lesson in they're their own person. And like when you're pregnant or before you're even pregnant, you have all these ideas Mm. about parenting and how you're going to do it and how you're going to control this universe around this little person. But you don't think of yourself that way. Do you think of yourself as a product of your parents' control? Of course you don't. They could try all they want. They didn't have a chance in hell. Exactly. So none of this is actually up to us or our business. These kids are going to be who they're going to be. We are going to be who we're going to be. We're all just going to be who we're going to be. My mum always says nature will out. out. Yeah. And it always does. Yeah. And Rafa being the fiery little personality she is, I've I've never stood a chance. No. I tried. No, babe, she's owned you since she's owned you since she was a sack of cells in your fucking uterus. She really she, she really did. She is you have never had one over her. Iggy, on the other hand, I feel I have more influence over Because him. he's a boy! No, because he's my sweet, snuggly little dumpling bow yes. bun who loves his mummy so much. Yeah. Oh, gosh, my brain hurts. Yeah, my brain hurts I feel stretched. Yeah. In conclusion, parenting for me has been the greatest lesson in relinquishing control. Yeah. And accepting. It's humbling as fuck. It sure is. Yeah. And I'm still learning and I'm willing to make mistakes. I'm willing to call myself out on my bullshit choices. Yeah. Own it. Own the evolution. Yeah. We're allowed to change our minds. And it's messy. It's messy. It's There's nuance. But like, let's hash it out. Obviously, it's the stage of life where we're obsessed with this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we've just spent the last 45 minutes hashing it out. I think your friends like Nat, who have like an active parenting philosophy, I think that's amazing. So do I. I think it's... I admire her so much. And we need people like that in our tribe to make us think and stretch us and show us the way. And I think it never hurts to think about these things from different perspectives. 
And I, that interaction in that moment also reminded me that we need to stop taking shit personally. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, I used the word school. It might have been a bit harsh, but she was very vocal about her opinions in that situation. And I took it as a lesson yeah. and opened my eyes to a new perspective and a way of thinking and actually respected it. Totally. And I've grown from it. And Can I we it. not evolve? Can we not evolve is the tagline of we don't have time for this when we're in serious chat. <laughs> not sponsored? Oh, do I have a not funny for you? Excellent. I have a lot of unresolved feelings about this oh, not funny reco. Goodness gracious. It's a series recommendation. A series? TV series? Yep. Mm-hmm. On Netflix? Yep. <laughs> Not that they need a shout out. <laughs> and this show certainly doesn't need a shout out. But I just want to I want to talk about it. Here comes okay? the setup. Squid Game. Squid Game? Revs. Have you not heard of Squid Game? No. You of all people. What? I'm surprised. What is it? So Squid Game, <laughs> the number one trending show on Netflix, which is fine. Lots of shows take that position all the time. Squid Game is about to overtake Bridgerton in number of streams to claim the number one spot of the most watched show or movie, series, whatever, in the Netflix stratosphere. Okay. So, of course, it piqued my curiosity. Please tell me what Squid Game is. I was like, this is a cultural movement. I need to be on this. I'm surprised you haven't jumped on it. (laughs) I'll say no more. (laughs) I won't give you my analysis. No. Just tell me what it is first and then and analyse it. Okay, what I love about... (laughs) I'm telling you what it is. What I love about it even more is that it's Korean. It's a foreign language series and there is a huge percentage of people that are resistant to watching shows in a different language or from a different culture. Finally, here comes the premise. I almost don't want to tell you anything. (laughs) Biggest dick tease. I'm sorry, but the best way to watch Squid Game is to know nothing about it. It was like when Catfish came out. I was recommending it to everyone and I was like, don't Google it. Don't look it up. Don't watch a trailer. Just throw yourself in full tilt. All right. Full commitment. Oh my God, you would love it, Rev. Can you give me a genre? Is it a documentary? Is it a drama? Is it a game show? So it plays on that Korean cultural love of game shows. Okay. With a very dark twist. I will say it's confronting okay. in its violence. Okay. So if that's not your jam, do yourself a favor and do not watch this because it's the stuff of nightmares. Oh my like God. You, I know. <laughs> now, now I'm unselling it. But if you can tolerate a bit of visual violence, then I really recommend it from a cinematic perspective. This incredible storytelling. If you studied production design, I know it's super niche, but you will jizz over this show. Like... I'm not someone who studied production design, but I was like, froth, like look at the sets and the costumes and all the choices. It's amazing. It's another world. Okay. And even though it feels otherworldly in some sense, it's also scarily, oh, that could happen. So is it like a Black Mirror? It's very Black Mirror. Okay. It it screams Black Mirror. If you love Black Mirror, you will love Squid Game. it's fiction. It's fiction. In a genre. Yes, but set in our real world. Okay. All right. Cool. Great. I'm watching. I do think the first episode, the setup episode, is very predictable. Okay. Like I sat there and watched this and I was like, yeah, I can write the script. All right. 
Fast forward to episode two and three, I was like, oh, unpredictable. In the same way that Game of Thrones is unpredictable, where you're like, oh, and we're following a bit of a different character that we're newly introduced to. There's a lot to it. Okay. I I do have one last recommendation if you watch it, though, because it has been dubbed in English by American actors. Yeah. And the default setting on Netflix is the dubbed version. But you can get the subtitles version? Yes. Okay. If you're someone who doesn't enjoy foreign films, watch it dubbed. Enjoy the syrupy American accents. The performances are very good and very well matched to the timings of the mouth movement, considering. But do not watch it with English subtitles because the English dubbing and the English subtitles are unmatched, which is fucked and confusing. But my number one recommendation would be to watch it in Korean with English subtitles. Yeah, great. Of course. Cool. Revs, I really... out of breath. (laughs) I know. I know. Because I'm so excited about it. I Honestly, it's a cultural moment. Cool. All right. I'm into it. I'm watching Sex Education. I'm so late to it. I'm back on season one, like, at five. Oh, it's great. So into it. Yes. God, Gillian Anderson is sexy. Yeah. What is her deal? Walking sex. Sex on legs. It's such a good series. Do you know what? I have not done the latest... I have not done the latest season. Well, that's what got me into season one is that everyone is fizzing over season three. And I was like, do I have to go back to season one? Everyone said yes. So back to season one, I went loving it. On that note, can we talk about Ted Lasso? Yeah. Disappointing. Disappointing. What's going on? I don't know, but I'm not here for it. I mean, I still watched it and enjoyed it, but it wasn't like season one. Hit me with your nuts, Spawn. Um, I said, look, I'm going to do an ice cream. We're getting into summer. Let's go on ice cream. And you know, back in like Ep 2, I recommended this Coles own you did. cookies and cream sold out. ice cream sandwich. Sold it out. Where's my check, Coles? <laughs> it's another Coles one. Oh, revs. Sorry, but they're great. So I'm a big fan of the banana flavor. Oh, no. I know, peep. I know it's controversial, but like... It's to, polarizing. To me, the banana paddle pop is the best paddle pop. Disagree. Well, then don't listen. Block your ears. Coles do a banana paddle pop. It's not a paddle pop. It's a popsicle. Banana popsicle. It's like $1.80 for a box of six. They're so delicious. That's my reco. Chuck them in your freezer. Be happy. I would say that that's a niche reco. Hey, my banana loving bitches out there are like cheering. Oh, they're going to slide on in and (laughs) let us know about it. (laughs) They're off to Coles right now. They're filling their trolley with these $1.80 popsicles. It's like when I talked about my chalk mint ice cream love Mm -hmm. and everyone slid on in. With that meme... Actually, I got all the hate. How about the toothpaste? Uh, the toothpaste with choc chips. I was like, that is not mint choc chip ice cream, you fucker. Look, if you're not into banana flavour, don't come near me. And because you asked me, yeah. my favourite paddle pop flavour <laughs> is chocolate. Yeah, they're great. It's a refreshing chocolate. I can't explain it's why. Not it's not very, very dairy. Good. It's great. It's fab. It's fab. Does anyone remember the toffee apple paddle pop? No. Oh my God, it was so good. And it was like... It was so good they kept it around. <laughs> I, I always love the special edition. Yes. A special edition flavor of something <laughs> and it never sticks around. Like I loved pizza twisties. That was a thing. They were so good. Oh my God, gone. I would totally get behind gone. that because I love pizza shapes. Yeah, nah, gone. What were they thinking? I don't know. It didn't last. People obviously didn't buy them, so they got they nixed them. Toffee apple paddle pops. Does anyone remember them? They were like red on the inside and then the top was half green. Oh my God. And you would like suck off the green top and it would all be red. No recollection. They were so delicious. But I think everyone can agree that rainbow paddle pop is actually just caramel. Oh yeah, no, it's vanilla. What? 
what? It's vanilla. It's too sweet to no, be straight up vanilla. It's vanilla flavor, but Coca-Cola is caramel. Did you know that? The fla- what? The flavor base of Coca-Cola is caramel. What? <laughs> Your brain's hurting. I can it see hurts. it. Rainbow Paddle Pops are vanilla with food coloring. That's all they are. And Coca-Cola is caramel. Well, there you go. Enjoy that mind-blowing moment on <laughs> we didn't have time for this. Aren't you glad you listened to this episode? <laughs> what a wily day. <laughs> Cue the outro. One of these days we'll have an outro to our podcast. When? When? Who knows? When, is, when will that day come? I don't think it will ever.